Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Okay, let's kick off this brand new year with just a moment of honesty. How many of you have already broken your New Year's resolution? Like right where you are, right in your living rooms, watching on your tablets, raise your hand. If you're brave, like put a hand raise in the comments. Like let us know. Let's just own it together. Like we're 10, 12, 15 days into the year and it's already messed up. I've already broken that resolution. You know, I've noticed this growing trend in my generation that they don't really make resolutions anymore. And it's this movement of, oh, I don't need to do that. It's going to be my word of the year or it's going to be this different way of saying it. And I totally get it. Right. Like none of us want to start our year off negative. No one wants to start feeling like, man, I set out with this great goal, these great intentions. And 10 days in, I messed it up already. So I I understand where people are coming from when they don't want to make resolutions. But I also think there is power in hitting that reset button. I think there's power in restarting your year and recalibrating your focus and starting out with some some intentional things. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you permission that through this series, through the end of January, you can just press pause on all of your New Year's resolutions, because maybe there's some things that we talk about over the next couple weeks that will help you think about this in a different way. That it's not a new resolution, but there's these ways that we can truly become made new through our relationship with Jesus. And speaking of that reset button, I saw an example of this recently. We we went and saw some family for Christmas and Uh, The house that we were staying at, they didn't have cable. So we were watching everything streaming through the Apple TV. And and it was all good for the most part. And it worked really well. But they would get certain points where we would try to change from one channel to another one or change from one game to another, a movie or something like that. And all of a sudden, the Apple TV would just start freaking out. Right. Like it it would just start. The picture would go crazy. And like people were skipping from one part of the screen and the, the TV was doing weird stuff. And. There were multiple times where if you'd switch from one thing to the other, it would keep the audio from the first video and it'd be playing it. So there's just too many voices, too many pictures, too much information, and it just freaked out and and it just wasn't working. And I remember one of the times my father-in-law, who doesn't use the Apple TV often, I had walked out of the room and I came in. He's like, Danny, I don't know what to do. This thing is freaking out. There's voices everywhere. It's going crazy. And I said, well, the only thing we can do is to hit the reset button, to restart it, to go into the settings and and do a hard restart. And what happens when that that goes on is that it it clears the cache, it recalibrates, it refocuses, and usually it starts working properly, right? You remember back in the day with video games, you would hit the reset button, you'd blow out the cartridge and then things would be better or just, you know, control alt delete back in the day on PCs. There's just this restart button. And this idea of of clearing the cache, I think, is so important when it comes to the new year. Look at this truth. A new year represents a chance to clear the cache. 
for those of you who aren't a nerd like me and, and you don't know what that means, you're like, are we talking about banking here? What's what's going on? I looked up the definition of clearing the cache and it says this. Clearing the cache is deleting the temporary files that are stored up in order to help speed up the app being used. Deleting this does not erase important vital information, but should fix a misbehaving in other words, this is how it works technically, and I know you're falling asleep on me, but it's important. Hang with me here for a second. When you clear the cache, what's going on is that this app or your phone or your Apple TV or your computer, it's building up this temporary information. It's storing all of it so that when you click on it, that information is right there for the processor to just grab it and go faster. But what happens is it starts to build up too much temporary information and it gets clogged. And so it starts pulling from the wrong sources. And when you go in and you clear that cache, you're getting rid of the temporary files and you're going back to the vital true source that it needs to get the information. It's not trying to shortcut the system. It's going right to the original. And while it may take just a little bit longer, it will function properly. It helps fix a misbehaving app. And as I come out of a tumultuous 2020, as you come out of a year that didn't look anything like we anticipated, and, and if we're being honest, a lot of the problems that we dealt with in 2020, they're, they're still coming with us into 2021. If we're honest about it, some of us need to clear the cash. Some of us have been allowing these temporary files, all this information, all these things that are supposed to help us be able to reach our purpose, help us live better lives. These temporary things have clouded our judgment. They've clouded our attention. They've clouded our motives. And we need to clear the cash and get back to the root, the vital information, the true source of our purpose, of our hope, of our future, the source of where we need to put our attention and connect back to the right things. And, and I feel like New Year's is always a great opportunity for us to clear the cash, to recalibrate, to refocus and set our attention on, on the things that it should be set on. You see, as we st start the series, we believe as Jesus followers that we're made new. And that's why we call this series Made New. We believe that when we start this relationship with Jesus, that everything changes. But there's some challenge that comes with that. You see, I, I fully believe that as we start this relationship with Jesus and we pray that prayer and we, we fully surrender our lives over to Jesus, when we make that decision, our eternity is completely made new. We're in a new relationship. We're, we're restoring that broken relationship with God, that we, we have an eternal future with our Heavenly Father when we, when we surrender our lives to Him, when we, when we call ourselves followers of Jesus. Our eternity is changed immediately. But the challenge is, in the here and the now, in the time that we have in earth and and the time that we're still living and we're going through our everyday lives and we're parenting and we're working and we're trying to pay bills. And in that here and now, it's a little bit more challenging. It doesn't always happen where it's immediately everything changes. The truth is, it's an intentional effort. It's, it's this 
every day working towards this relationship where we become made new, that, that we're becoming hopefully daily a little bit more like Jesus. And for some of you, you wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus and you've, you're just checking us out and you're trying to figure out where you are on this faith journey. And you've met some so-called Christians that you think, man, I don't think they baked long enough. Like they need to stay in the oven a little bit. Like that whole made new thing and new creation, they need a whole lot more of it. And you know what? You're right. That for some of us, we, we've got a long way to go in this journey that, that while we call ourselves followers of Jesus, we're still struggling with that day-to-day living out those values. The Apostle Paul says it this way. He describes it as, as daily taking up our cross and dying to ourselves. That's a very visual representation of what he's saying, that we're, we're taking up the cross as Jesus did and that we die to ourselves in order to be more like him. And so that's where I feel like for so many of us, we have the opportunity to be made new. Paul was talking about this, this idea that we get being made new. We get it from one of his letters in his, his letter to the church in Corinth. And we see it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 14. Let's read this together. This is going to be our, our anchor scriptures uh, for this whole series. Verse 14, for it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him. For the one who died for us and now lives again. Verse 16. So then from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, how we viewed Jesus. But no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Now, these, these are some key verses here. Verse 17. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new, and God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. So what does being made, look, made new look like According to Paul, what does that actually look like? And I think there's some key things that we can take out of there. One of them being in verse 15. And the first thing is this. It's a life that's self-absorbed versus poured out. Verse 15, he said it this way. So that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again. In other words, when we're made new, it changes our motives. When we're made new in Christ, when we die to ourselves, we're no longer caught up in our own agenda, our own plans, our own name, our own fame, our own gain. We're not caught up in things that just benefit us, but we're poured out and we're focusing on our relationship with him. We're focused on on making his name great. And I know a lot of times we hear those things and you're like, so Danny, are you saying that I have to walk around with a Bible in my hand and, and someone asks me how my day goes, I have to quote them a scripture? No, that's not what we're talking about here. But there's power in us moving away from this self-absorbed life, right? We're surrounded by people that are so absorbed in their deal, 
But us as followers of Jesus, we have an opportunity to elevate his deal, to elevate his name, to elevate his glory, to focus on what he is focusing on. And many of you would push back and go, well, well then who's going to take care of me? Who, who's going to take care of my family? Who's, who's going to make sure that my kids have a better life than I had? Well, that's the beauty of it. Jesus is. You see, when we, when we pour out our lives for him, the responsibility falls to him. And there's no greater person to hold that responsibility than the son of God, our creator, the one who, who has this incredible plan for our lives that we can step into. You see, every moment of my life, every season of my life where I just finally go, hey, God, oh, I've been trying to do it all. I'm going to surrender this to you. Man, every time I do that, my life looks completely different. He opens doors that I could have never opened on my own. He, he shows up in ways that are, are miraculous. He does things through and in my life that weren't even on my radar. And it's always so much better than what I could do for myself. So thinking about being made new, you have to ask yourself, what would my life look like if I wasn't self-absorbed, but I was focused so intensely on him? What would your job look like if you walked in and your whole purpose being there was to elevate him, to live out the purpose that he put into you, that you weren't fighting for recognition, you weren't fighting for that promotion, that you weren't fighting to make a name for yourself, but that you were allowing him to do the fighting for you. You see, in order for us to be made new, according to Paul, it requires us to reflect on our motives. What is driving us truly? What's pushing us towards the future? The second thing is this. It's this idea of the old life versus the new creation. Verse 17 says, now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Did you know that when you started your relationship with Jesus? Did you know that when you prayed that prayer, when you took that step of faith to surrender your life to him? Did you know that he was offering you a brand new life? That the old was gone, the new had come? Did you recognize that? Maybe you missed that in the prayer. Maybe you missed that in that opportunity. He's doing incredible things. It's more than just securing your eternity. It's more than you just being able to go to heaven. It's more than just avoiding eternal separation from God. But he actually wants to give you a brand new life. You see, Paul says that we're this new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. But somehow in this process, you and I never actually get rid of the old. We, we want to try to figure out how we can have both. We want this new fresh start, this new life, these blessings from God, this incredible future. But we also kind of want to hold on to a little bit of stuff back here. Like we, we're not quite ready to get rid of that. And I think about it this way. Like I think about this illustration. Imagine, like many of us, you were given a hand-me-down sofa set 
when you were in college, right? Like an old, beat up, 25 year old sofa set, but you didn't have any money and you're going off to college and you needed something to sit on. So you just took it and you're excited. So it came with you to college and, and maybe it was in your first house and your first living room as a married couple. It's what you use because where you're young and you're broke and you're just trying to make things work. But somewhere along the way, someone comes up and says, hey, listen, that beat up sofa set, I want to replace it. I want to get you a brand new, gorgeous, top of the line sofa set. And so you're stoked, right? Like you're just like, of course, please, by all means, that, that would be incredible. And so the delivery guy shows up with this brand new, beautiful sofa set. And as he's putting it in the living room, he says, hey, uh, do you want me to get rid of that old set for you? I can just take it with me. I have the truck and we can just get it out of the way because both of these really aren't going to fit in this living room. So we, we can get rid of the old one and you, you can keep this new one here. And your response is, oh, man, well, I don't I don't know. I, I think I want to hold on to it. I mean, we've got a lot of memories together and and it's it's just really old and it's, it's broken in and it's comfortable and it's what I'm used to. So how about we just push it to the back of the room and we'll just use both sets? That would be super weird, right? Why, why would we do that? That doesn't make any sense. Except that's what you and I do with our lives, with our heart, with our mind. Jesus comes and he says, hey, I want to give you a brand new life, a brand new future, brand new hopes, dreams, plans. And you're like, oh, yeah, let's let's put that right here. And he's like, OK, well, let me get rid of the old stuff. Whoa, whoa, calm down. That was Grandma Janet's sofa set from 1972. You can't just get rid of that. That's what we do with our old life. We try to hold on to both and we wonder why things get jumbled. We wonder why we have to clear the cash. We wonder why we're struggling to stay focused. It's because we have the old life and the new life in the same place. And we just turn our attention to whichever one seems most convenient in the moment. And it just doesn't work. Some of you need to hear what Paul would tell you. Paul would say, hey guys, I've got some advice for you. Burn the old sofa, bring it in the backyard, set it on fire and embrace the new. God has called you to this new incredible life that you don't have to hold on to the past. You don't have to hold on to the old way, the old life, the old guard, the old way of doing things. Embrace the new. God wants to change your life. Embrace it all the way. Burn the sofa. Some of you need to do that this year. You've been trying to hold on to both for far too long. And it's time to truly embrace the new life that God has for you. The last one is this. It's found in verse 18. And it's this idea of being rejected versus reconciled. Verse 18, and God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. And when you look at this definition, we, for the most part, understand reconciliation. But when we think about it in the context of, of the Bible, I found this. It says reconciliation comes from the Greek family of words that has its roots in alasso, to change, to exchange one thing for another to transform. You see, it, it assumes that there's this breakdown in the relationship between us and God, this relationship with us and our creator. 
There's something wrong there. And we're transformed. It's been changed. It's been exchanged from one that's fragmented and broken and chaotic. And it's transformed and changed and exchanged for one that is full of unity and fellowship with our creator. That we are reconciled to God. That we're no longer at odds. We're no longer living these lives separate from him, but that we get to be unified in what he's created us to do. You need to understand that as a follower of Jesus, you don't need someone else's approval. You have the approval of your ultimate creator. The God of all the universe says you are enough and you and I get to be in right relationship. At City Hills Church, we talk all the time about your purpose. It's a big deal to us, and it's something that we focus on a lot. So I don't want you to miss that last portion of that verse that says, and it gives us the ministry of reconciling others to God. We wrestle all the time with what our overarching purpose is. We, we wrestle with why we wake up in the morning some of us are wondering why we're why on earth are we still here? And I believe it's to help people find that reconciliation with God that we we play a part in that. We get to connect people. Listen, your overarching purpose, one of the main ideas is that you get to help people find their way back to God. That we get to play a part in that. We get to play a part in their story. We get to connect people back that they can fix that relationship with God. Yes, we have our own individual purposes and God has plans for our lives. And But the overarching goal, the overarching mission for all of us as people who call ourselves followers of Jesus, it's to help people find their way back to God. So how do we start living out this idea of being made new? How do we actually embrace that in this new year? And I think there's a, help us understand that there's a principle in, in leadership that says whatever gets celebrated gets repeated. And it's something that happens in organizations and workplaces. And you've seen this happen, that whatever gets celebrated, whatever gets talked about the most, whatever gets the promotion, whatever gets the raise, that gets repeated. So if you work at a place that a shady business deal that just it doesn't really matter what hoops you jump through or what corners you cut or as long as you get the job done, that gets celebrated because results trump everything else. Well, then that's what's going to get repeated within that organization. And it's going to be unhealthy and it's going to be detrimental to honesty and vulnerability and, and integrity. And some of you have worked for organizations where, hey, being honest about what's going on, even if you don't get the results, that gets celebrated, that gets sent out in an email, that gets talked about in a staff meeting. Whatever gets celebrated gets repeated. So when you take that principle, that concept, and you apply it to your own life, I think it looks a little bit like this. Whatever occupies the most space in your heart and in your mind gets repeated. Whatever occupies the most amount of space, whatever takes up your time. Think, think about your thoughts. That sounds kind of weird, right? Let me think about my thoughts. Let me try really, really hard. Well, what do you think about the most? What, what occupies your motives? What drives you towards what you do every day of your life? What 
keeps you up at night? What wakes you up in the morning? What are those things that you think about that occupy your thoughts and your heart? And don't give me your little Sunday school answer. Everybody's going to go, oh, well, pastor, it's Jesus. Just be honest with yourself. And for some of you, maybe that is the truthful answer. But for many of us, there's a lot of other things that occupy the space in our mind that no one gets to see. And a lot of times it isn't the principles of Jesus. It isn't the grace of God. It isn't his purposes for us. A lot of times it's self-absorbed like we saw in the passage of scripture before. So be honest with yourself. Evaluate what's really going on. I, I believe this truth. Resolutions fail because it focuses on behavioral changes rather than honest evaluation. It's all about changing behaviors, of, of trying to do the right things, but we never really dig into what's going on below the surface. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. We, we think that what we know is what directly translates to what we do. But the reality is what really drives us is below the surface and it's, it's our desires. We know the right thing to do, but it doesn't mean that we always do it. What do we actually do? We do what we desire. And so I think as we look at resolutions, we have to move past the surface level, move past just behavioral changes and actually dig in and do some honest evaluation. There's a couple resolutions that I, I thought about as we we're going through this. And one of them is, is lose weight. Hey, I'm Danny said this year I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to eat healthy. But if you dig in past the surface, if you if you dig in a little bit deeper, the truth is that many of us, we turn to food for comfort. And so it's more than just, oh, I need to eat more salad. The reality is that when we're sad, when we're stressed, when we're upset, when we're happy, we turn to food as comfort. And that's where we get ourselves into trouble. I know I do this when I'm stressed out or I'm, I'm feeling low. It's like, you know what would make me feel better? And usually it's not a salad, right? So it's digging in a little bit deeper. Oh, I want to lose weight. Well, yeah, okay, that's cool. That's a good resolution. But let's dig past and talk about why. What are the actual deep things that you need to work on? For some of you, you would say, Danny, I need to I need to drink less. You know, I, I just it started off as just one or two. And now it's just it's kind of getting to a place where I'm a little nervous about it. Or maybe my wife has, has said, hey, you're starting to drink a little bit more than than you used to. And it's been a hard year, but I'm getting kind of nervous about this. But if you're honest with yourself and instead of just saying, hey, Danny, I'm going to try to drink less this year. I think if you dug in past the surface, you would realize that you're turning to that drink, you're turning to that alcohol to help numb some pain. You're, you're turning to that to help you escape from what's going on in the moment. And if you dig past the surface and recognize what's going on deep within you, it will reveal some things that are so much deeper than, oh, I, I'm just going to, I'm only going to have one drink instead of three. It's so much deeper than that. For some of you, you come into the year and you say, hey, Danny, I, I just I, I'm going to have a less dramatic year everywhere. I turn. There's just drama. It feels like a soap opera and I just I can't take it. Well, maybe it's the people you surround yourself. With. Maybe if you find yourself in the center of it, a lot of times 
If you dig past the surface, maybe the drama comes from some unresolved insecurities that you're not dealing with. That when you're in a conversation with someone, your insecurities flare up and then all of a sudden it feels like the desperate housewives of San Diego, right? Like it just gets crazy and people are yelling and they're, they're going nuts. And well, maybe it's something that's a little bit deeper than, okay, I just need to, to be calmer. I need to use the Calm app and I'll do some breathing. I'll do some yoga and then the drama will go away. No. Dig a little bit deeper. Dig into what's really going on. And I know for many of you, you come into the year and you say, hey, Danny, I need to do better with my finances. I need a better budget. And you're right. We all need to do better with our finances. We all need a better budget. But if we dig deeper, maybe your struggle, maybe your issue with finances is more to do with maybe you're trying to keep up with that neighbor. Maybe you're trying to keep up with that brother-in-law, that sister-in-law that they they have spending habits that you're like, well, I mean, if they do it, we should be able to do it too. Or, or maybe for some of you, it's just, man, I feel like I deserve a better life. And even though I can't afford it, I'll go into debt enough so that I can feel like I, I'm closer to what I deserve. Let's dig in a little bit deeper past the surface of these normal resolutions and go, hey, God, I think there's something deeper here that I, I've turned to some insufficient sources for, and I really need to turn to you. The truth is, often the small things that no one sees results in the great big things that everyone wants. Think about it this way. So many times those small steps that no one sees, it's not an Instagram post, it's not a, a workout that you put on your stories the small things is, is, hey, you know, God, I'm, I'm trying to lose weight. And I know that seems kind of weird, like I'm going to be talking to God about my weight loss journey. But God, I, I recognize that I turn to food as a comfort. And so instead of grabbing that piece of cake, I'm going to take five minutes and I'm going to pray. Well, Danny, that's just weird. Maybe it is, but maybe... There's something deeper that, that we have a habit of going back to the old things, that old sofa set in the back of the living room, and we haven't turned to the new thing, the new life, the new hope, the new future that God has for us, that we've been trying to do things the same old way. And every year, by the time we get to Valentine's Day, all of our resolutions are off the table, or we work so hard trying to make them happen that there's no joy in the process. And God's going, hey, man, I... That's not what I created you to do. Don't you know that my way is so much easier? That if you trust me, if you put your hope in me, that the small things that no one sees, that, that time in prayer, that time in reading the word, that time in conversation with your heavenly father, that, that time where you just pause and allow him to speak to you is so much greater than that budget class. It's so much greater than trying to have one less drink when you come home from work. It's so much deeper than that. And then what happens is as a result of that relationship with your creator, it starts to change those things that you're hoping would look different on the outside. I love how Paul says this in another letter to the church at Philippi. It's in Philippians 3.12. And he says, I admit I haven't yet acquired this absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. I haven't found it. I'm not there. But 
I run with passion into his abundance. Isn't that, I, I just love that. We run with passion into his abundance. The things you're looking for are found in his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. I don't depend on my own resolutions. I don't depend on my ability to outthink the room. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, however, I fasten my heart to the future instead. I fasten my heart to the abundance that's found in him. I fasten my hopes and my dreams and my goals and my plans into him. The challenge as we wrap up and we pray today, the challenge is this. What truth do you need to own this year? What truth about what you're struggling with do you need to just own and go, hey, God, it's so much deeper than weight. It's so much deeper than a drink. It's so much deeper than finances or insecurities or drama or family issues or workplace issues or or purpose at my job. It's so much deeper than that. God, I need to just own this truth. Would you help me with that? That's your challenge. God, help me own this with you. And, and then what small step can you take in the healing process where you allow him to heal what's really going on below the surface? Allow him to clear the cash. Allow him to help you lock in and recalibrate and refocus on the things that really matter that we lean into the purpose that he created us with, that we let go of the past and we fasten our hearts to the future he has in store for us. Can we do that this year? Can we do that as we start this brand new season of our lives? Come on, church, let's pray. Jesus, I know every year we we walk into this new year, we're all fired up that everything's going to be different and We get a few days in and we look and we realize that a lot of the problems that we were dealing with from last December are right back here with us in January. But I pray, God, that you would help us to clear the cash, that you would help us remove the junk from our minds and from our hearts, that you would help us remove those temporary files that we thought would help us function better and that we would just get back to the root. We'd get back to the source that would get back to you that we let go of the old life. God, I pray for every person here that calls themselves followers of Jesus. I pray that you would give us the courage to let go of the old and hold on to embrace for the new that you've, you've given us an opportunity to live out. God, I pray for those who haven't made that decision, that they would recognize that it's the greatest decision that they could ever 
make, that they could put their hope and their trust in you, that they would pray a simple prayer that says, hey, Jesus, I've been trying to do it on my own and I surrender my life to you. I believe you are who you say you are. And Jesus, I need you to show up and help me live this life that's connected to you. Reconcile the relationship that's been broken and help me live out the life that you created me with all alone. Jesus, we pray that this will this year would be marked by what you do in and through our lives, not what we accomplish, not by names that we've created for ourselves, not through financial achievements that we make, but Jesus, that it would be marked by our relationship with you. We pray all of this in your strong and in your mighty name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.